0: What I decided to do, I just wake up every morning, I pray, I thank God. Whatever path you have for me, regardless if I become a multimillionaire or if I end up, you know, being like Nike and Lululemon, put me in a place where I'm here that I can at least help people. Mm. So regardless if I make it big, I already know what my plans are and it's to help people. So that's a success in itself.
1: welcome back to another episode of chapter 20 something with me kylie mcdonald hope you are having a wonderful day wherever you are in this world i am currently sitting in my car um (laughs) i'm in my work parking lot i probably look like i'm doing something really important because like i have my laptop set up and i have my microphone and i'm like in here speaking with conviction um but really i'm just like let me tell you about my week (laughs) Anyway, so today is a really long day. I've been going since 5am and I'll be going until 11pm tonight. So I have this little 40 minute break before I have to go into work. And I was like, you know, I could go to a coffee shop. I could go to a park or something. I'm like, no, I just kind of want to sit in my car and like not have to deal with anybody right now. So that's what I'm doing. And I'm talking to you. So it's great. It's a great time. And it's kind of weird. People are definitely walking by and I probably look like I'm talking about them. This girl's walking her dog. She has some cool glasses on. Oh my God. She's actually going to see me. I can't. Okay. She's gone. (laughs) I'm literally just sitting in my car with a microphone like whatever this is the career I chose um speaking of who watched the Golden Globes last night mm, raise your hands I did oh y'all I mean they tried they tried I'm not I'm not trying to belittle them at all like they really did well for you know having a zoom presentation with every celebrity in the world but it's just weird like part of me kind of wishes that they didn't have it just because it's another reminder of how weird the world is right now but still it was it was honestly pretty funny to just see like all these celebrities in their homes and some people were really trying and some people did not care at all and like of course the first award that was won (laughs) the guy starts giving his speech and they're like yeah we can't hear you take it off mute it's like literally any zoom meeting that's going on in the world right now i thought it was so funny you know i started watching the red carpet and then i had to turn it off after five minutes because they're like speaking to the zoom screen and it's just i don't know something rubs me the wrong way about having a person wearing a dress that's probably worth like five years of my rent. i don't know just to be in their home But at the same time, I get it. You know, if I was if I was nominated for a Golden Globe this year and I couldn't go celebrate, I would still want to dress up and have fun. So I see both sides, but it's just odd. Then on the other hand, it wasn't much better to see Jason Sudeikis in a tie dye t-shirt literally just chilling in his home. Did not expect to win. He was the person who on the Zoom call forgot he had a presentation that day. I don't know if you guys saw his acceptance speech, but he was just like, oh, wow, um, yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks so much, thanks. And, um, yeah, thanks. It was like, it went on for five minutes, and it was it was funny, it was funny, look it up. Tina and Amy, love them, they did a great job, as always, they're my favorites. When Mark Ruffalo won, like, his kids popped into the shot and were just bouncing around, partying, all happy. Like, that's cute, just to see these people in their, you know, home settings and just, um... Getting to celebrate at home. That's kinda nice. But hopefully next year God don't I, I shouldn't even say that. Like please God next year way we, we have a normal award season. But that's that. Um I'm really a sucker for award shows. Like if you can't tell I get really into them. My my roommate, like, ten minutes into it last night, she's like, Oh, do you wanna watch this movie? I was like, I do, but I really do wanna watch um three hours of this Kind of boring programming. I'm like, you know, I just kind of have to. Um, it's in my soul. I don't know. <laughs> but I don't know if that's not your thing. Thanks for listening to this for the past five minutes. That's all I have to say today. Um, so maybe tune in next week and it'll be something you enjoy. <laughs> anyway, today on the show, we have Blair Tate. I loved getting to speak to Blair. She's such a cool person. She's a fitness trainer. She's created her own fitness clothing brand and she's a first sergeant and instructor in the U.S. Air Force. Like this girl is doing everything and I give so many props to people who are taking a bunch of different paths in life at once and succeeding at all of them. You go. So you'll love this interview and she honestly has really cute clothes. Her brand is called Eight Figured. Um, so definitely go check them out at de DeBlair, D-E-B-L-A-I-R fitness.net, and you can find all her links there. Follow the podcast on Instagram at chapter 20 something pod, and you can follow me at official Kylie McDonald. Let me know if there's certain guests you want to see on the show, certain things you want me to talk about. Yeah, anything. Um I'm gonna take a quick nap. And then go power through this day. And no matter what you are doing out there, I hope you're having a good one. And we will talk next week. All right, guys. Much love. Bye. The Blair, welcome. How are you today? Thank you. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh, my God. Of course. First of all, I love your name. That's such a pretty name. Yeah. Thank you so much. My mom got
0: from the, do you remember Blair from The Facts of Life? Like back in the days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you just got a little creative and added the DE in front yeah. of it.
1: <laughs> I like it. Oh my gosh. So just going through your list of titles and accomplishments right there. Like what an interesting background you have. What a cool person you are. So let's just dive right in. You grew up in Mississippi, right?
0: I did. I grew up in Mississippi my entire life. A little small city called Winona, Mississippi. The population right now is a... Uh, Almost five thousand, kinda kinda tiny, not big at all. And you know, it was just everybody knew everybody. So
1: damn, wow. Where are you located now? I'm in Atlanta. Atlanta, okay. Georgia. Atlanta. Nice, nice. I've never been to Mississippi, but um Mississippi? when you no, I need I'm from New York. I don't know. I need to get out there. Okay. I really do. But when you were growing up, what was it that you aspired to do?
0: Oh my God. So I really
1: didn't know. So believe it or not, the things that I know
0: now, I didn't know then because in our small city, you either went to college or you went to the military. So it wasn't real, a lot of conversation about being an entrepreneur or even being doing what you're doing, being a um, communications major, being a radio personality. I really didn't have that. So initially when I went to college, I wanted to be a forensic sciences, believe it or not. So in wow. you know wanted to go to mortician school, but you go to college, you changed degrees a couple of times so I ended up having a computer science
1: degree. Okay. can I ask you initially like what made you want to get into forensic science?
0: Well, I was kind of thinking about where the money was and I knew yeah. that was something that was needed because all of us have an expiration date and I was kind of intrigued with the body and and what happens to us after life. So it was just always something that I was interested in doing.
1: Yeah, it is such an important job, but it takes such a special kind of person to be able to work with people, you know, after they passed on.
0: It does. It's not for everybody. You know, it can be kind of creepy, but, you know, it was always something that was a little interesting for me. And it was something I could have actually seen myself doing.
1: Yeah. But then you ended up, you said, with a computer science degree, correct? Yes. And then um, when you were also in college, you did end up getting involved in the military as well, right? I
0: did. So initially, I wanted to go straight to the military and not go to college. But my grandmother was not planning that. So <laughs> she was like very protective over the girls. So my mom and my grandmother wanted me to go to college. My cousins were at the college that they wanted me to attend. So they felt like if I went there, I would have somebody there to look after me because I was considered their baby or whatever. So that's what she wanted me to do. Okay, cool. I'll do what you want me to do, grandma. So I went to college for a semester. Okay. I joined the military after that. So it was like, I wasn't hard-headed. I did exactly what she wanted me to do, but I kind of still did what she wanted me to do because I did not go active duty. I just joined and I went reserve. So I was part-time at that time.
1: Gotcha. Okay. So honestly, this is a newer podcast, but I think you're the first person I've spoken to who's been in the military Which is, yeah, and I love that it's a woman in the military, too. Like, that's so awesome. So you're in the Air Force? Correct. Okay, so what have been your roles? And um, how has it changed you?
0: It changed my life, really, Mm -hmm. because I wasn't the best kid growing up. I think all of us are hard-headed. I mean, you know, you have your friends around you. I was really good in school, so I never deterred as far as, like, my grades and things like that but I was a little hothead, you know, I like to get in a little trouble. I like to hang out with the with the boys and be a tomboy. That mentality is what I had, just kind of like attitude, bucking the system, really not wanting to follow rules. So when I got into the military, it's nothing but discipline. So it's a whole different ball game. Yeah. So I learned quickly what it looked like to do the right thing. Believe it or not, it grew me up. It turned me into a better person. It allowed me to make better choices and decisions because now, anything I do, I had something to lose. So Mm, it it really did change me.
1: So what about now? I mean, obviously, we'll get into everything you're doing with your fitness. So what is your role um, in the Air Force currently?
0: So right now, I'm a first sergeant instructor. A first sergeant is basically they work with the commander and the chief, they pretty much run the organization It's almost like the CEOs, the managers, like the people that are at the top that run the organization. So these are people that's coming to our school to train, to go out, to assist in running the organization. So okay. I'm their instructor for that.
1: That's amazing. And okay. can I ask, being a woman sergeant, obviously there are so much more women in the military now than there was, but I'm wondering, has it been harder for you at any points or has it been just empowering?
0: A little bit of both because mm-hmm. of, I mean, with that, it's a man's world, like the high-end roles. They're occupied by males. And it sometimes feel like you as a female, you have to prove yourself a little more, especially with certain things that you have to do to show that I'm no different than the guys. I can pretty much do everything just because I'm not a male. I will say the military tries to kind of be equal when it comes to that, on strictly merit and your accomplishments and what you can do versus whether you're a male or female. But sometimes there's the unconscious biases that you can't get past and it does happen. I'm not mm-hmm. going to say that it doesn't, but in the forefront, I would say with me, I just let it speak for itself. Like let my accomplishment speak for itself. You know, I just kick ass in everything that I do. And it's almost like your resume is, it, it is what it is. So if you deny me anything,
1: it's clearly discrimination. Because you know your value and you know your worth. So it's like, hey, I deserve this. So right. let me have it. Good for you. When you you are training these kids, I guess, and they're not kids, but like ones who come in now. What do you try to instill in them from the beginning?
0: Okay, so they're they're definitely not kids, and they're no. not. <laughs> so most of them, they have like fifteen plus years already in the military. Oh, so okay, all right. They're very they're very seasoned, so it's not like basic training when you're first starting out. So they're basically just doing a career change. They're Got doing- it. One of the biggest things, and I had a lesson today, we talked about resiliency because one of the main things that they're in charge of is like the the morale and well-being of the people. They're more like the people side of the house. So anything that goes on with them, they are supposed to make sure that the members are mission ready. And mission ready looks like a lot of things, you know, making sure that your people are physically, mentally, emotionally prepared. And you also hold them accountable to the standards. So, you enforce all the rules as far as like what your uniform is supposed to look like, just making sure that you're complying with all of our AFIs, which is our Air Force doctrines that we go by, almost like the military Bible, our rules. It's pretty much everything. You're almost like the mom or dad of that organization. You make sure things are done right and in good order and discipline.
1: And I like that you have that mindset, you know, that you're trying to look out for them at the end of the day. That's Absolutely. great. You have
0: to, you have to, because our suicide rate is so high. Mm. And it has a lot to do with when you get in that in the military, you're looked at as being such a strong person, right? You have so much going on internally on the inside that sometimes you wait to the last minute to try to get help and you're struggling and, and it ends up ending not good. So it is a big, big job, even though we can't do anything about that, it's still something that we try to put in their toolbox to
1: instill in their members and as well as themselves. Of course. I mean, at the end of the day, it's tough if you're in the military in a high pressure situation like that. But like your mental health still has to be the most important thing. You need to yeah. be able to go in and look out for yourself and for the people around you.
0: Right. If your mental is off,
1: everything is off. You yeah. should know, that. you know, all of us are human. When our mental is off, everything is off. 100%. So you obviously have your position in the military, but was it after college that you started to get into fitness?
0: Mm, yes and no. So I played sports throughout my entire grade school level: basketball, ran track, softball. My favorite sport. So I'm a softball girl. Mm-hmm. So I went to college and I played a little bit of softball in college with my um, university, Mississippi State University. And of course, went to the military, so still active. So it's always been in me. But I just never molded it into an actual career or a thing. So it wasn't until I graduated from college and moved to, I went active duty once I graduated from college and moved to a base in Mississippi on the coast. I wasn't there alone because those hurricanes come a dime a dozen. it's like, (laughs) no, 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 this is not for me. I immediately picked up after like, did I even stay a year? Hurricane Ivan came and it just like tore up my complex and I was like no like I'm out
1: of here peace
0: <laughs> I just kind of like picked up and left and my roommate that I had in college she was already living in Atlanta so I had no idea where I was going to go I was like I'm coming to Atlanta so wow. I went there and I actually found <laughs> I don't know I really wanted to leave because I actually found me a job as as a loan officer doing real estate oh my goodness and that was like a commission only job, but it was just like an opportunity for me. I was like, okay, I'll just have to work hard and figure it out. So I was just like, I'm out of here. Wow. And around the corner from my roommate's house was a gym. It was brand new, dirt on the ground, but they was accepting applications. So they were looking for people to come. So I was like, there we go. I'll wow. work here part time and then we'll go from here. So that's how the journey kind of started me working at that facility.
1: Yeah, it's actually funny because I work at the lottery for New York, but part time I do work at a gym just because first of all, it was my intention was like I needed to meet people in the area when I moved here. But then right. like, I you know, I love staying active. I love fitness. And it's just built like such a community for me and such a deeper passion for fitness. So it is cool just that being in that environment all the time. Right. Um, how long into working at the gym? Were you able To be like, all right, I'm going to say goodbye to this loan officer job and uh, let's like focus on this full time.
0: Let me see what happened. So I didn't focus on training full time. It didn't happen like that. So at the gym, when it finally was built, it was a smoothie shop next door. My trainer came in. He's still my trainer. He's my trainer came in and he approached me. He was like, hey, have you ever thought about doing fitness competitions? And I was like, negative. No, (laughs) because when you think of um, doing fitness shows, you think of like the bodybuilders, all muscular and all that. And I was like, I don't want to look like that. You know, I was like, no, I'm not interested. So no, thank you. He was trying to talk me into it. So he ended up getting one of the ladies from the gym. He went back to his gym because it wasn't far, maybe a half a mile from where this gym was. Another young lady came over about an hour later with a book. She was like, hi, I'm, you know, told me her name and was like, I want to show you something, your perception of what a competitor looks like is totally wrong. And I just want to see if this kind of piques your interest. So she showed me pictures of her on stage competing. And I was like, Oh, wow, you do look good. It was more like an athletic look versus somebody that looked like they've been popping steroids their entire life. Right. Mm -hmm. I I mean, so I was like, Okay, I'll go for it. So I started competing before I became a trainer like Mm -hmm. that, that happened first. And I think the loan officer stuff, It ended on its own because the company
1: shut down. Okay. Yeah, the company shut down and then I had to go find another job. Wow. So it kind of like led you on your path without even like realizing it, right? So when you were in the fitness competitions, I always have such respect for people who do those because it takes such a great amount of discipline to really get your body to that point and to maintain it for not forever, but for a certain amount of time. Obviously, you were in the military. So you knew about discipline, you knew, you know, what you needed to do. What did this experience teach you?
0: I think the military experience helped me with this. Because this right here, it did take strict discipline, but it was a different kind of discipline. It was a discipline in knowing when and what you can do because your diet had everything to do with what your package came in. It's how much time you spend in the gym, following your program. You also had to learn how to walk, present yourself on stage because you're bringing this package in. And I guess depending on where your body is, it tells you how long you need to train. So for me, just starting out, I trained for 12 to 16 weeks Mm -hmm. in order to just bring a package that I could present on stage. And it was no deviating from your meal plan. I ate the same stuff every day, every single day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, you know, same meals. I didn't have a social life. So you can't do the things that you, your friends are doing because it's going to throw you off and you're going to get mad. You get attitudes because you're carb depleting and they're eating this and you can't have it. You can't stay out late. So you almost have to just kind of sacrifice your social life to dedicate it to what you want to do. So if it's not in you, if you don't love it, you shouldn't do
1: it. Yeah. Like what you just explained, like that just sounds like, oh, just not fun at all, obviously. So what parts of it were rewarding for you?
0: Everything was rewarding because, okay, so in our gym, if, I guess we can call it a competition gym because we had so many other people that were doing it. And it was almost like a team. So it wasn't just like it was me. So it was kind of fun because you had people in there with the same interests, with the same goals that you had. And it became like a family thing and it was fun. And then it was rewarding because you had the opportunity to compete on national levels, get in magazines, be seen, you can win money. Once you get to a pro status, now you're competing for money. You're no longer competing for fun. So yeah. you can cover thousands of dollars, sponsorships, you know what I mean? And it was oh, just yeah. kind of like the thrill of what can I do? How can I get my body? You know, you had those people that you wanted to beat, like the ones that were out there and and that were known to be like the best. If you have that competitive spirit, that's what you want to do. So that's the thrill,
1: you know? And, oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. And it's such like a rush. When you win anything, you know, no matter what you're passionate about, when you achieve it and you actually right. like get some notoriety for it like it's it is it's a rush of adrenaline for sure so right. how long you turn were you? into somebody else on stage so you get on stage and you turn into a totally different person. <laughs> oh my god you're telling me I love it I love it so much. So how long did you compete for? Five and a half six years. Wow that's right. a long time. It's yeah, a long yeah.
0: time I was like I got in it and I was I was full force because the people that were around me that's what they were doing. You mm-hmm. know, so once you do that, it, it was almost like, you know, you have your own season and your off season. So I wasn't just competing year round. Yeah. So you do have what we call the off season where you're basically now you can kind of eat not whatever you want. It's a little less strict and you're building. It takes your body years to build muscle. It, ca- it happens over time. It's not like you can just come in so your body gets better each year. So in the off season is really the time to build and do what you need to do. So whenever you're down to the point where you're getting ready for your show, you're bringing your package in exactly the way you want to.
1: I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's so cool. It's so cool learning about people who do that. (laughs) (laughs) So then you started to train as well. How do you approach your clients? Because obviously everybody has a different background, has a different mindset. So when you're going in and you're like, hey, I'm going to help you achieve your goals, but- you kind of have to, I would assume, like find a different path for everybody to get there. So how do you approach the individual?
0: I started getting clients through me competing. So once I started competing and my body started changing, people started approaching me, asking me, hey, what do you do? Are you able to to help me? And for a little while, I was turning them away because I wasn't a trainer at the time. So I was kind of like, you know what? this is some some good stuff. I know everything. I know how to eat. I know how to train because I'm doing it two times a day. So let me get some certifications and look into helping people. So I was kind of like the marketing billboard because people would approach me and that's how I build my clientele. And then it came from like word of mouth. But like you say, every individual is different. That's why you have to bring them in. You have to do your consultations and just kind of figure out what they want, what their goals are, whether it's to gain weight, to lose weight, you want to do a competition? Do you want
1: to like be able to run more better endurance?
0: Every individual is different. So
1: yeah, absolutely. So then you created your own brand for, yeah, not only training, but also nutrition and competition training. And I think I saw something that you work with mental health as well. Is that correct? Yeah. So really, it's like the whole mind, body, spirit, everything. So amazing. Yeah, explain a little more about what you do at De Blair Fitness. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so once De Blair Fitness was born, it was like nothing but training, competing, training people for competitions. I really got into, I got a certification in the elderly because I, I really love the elderly. So mm-hmm. I started working at an assisted living home, you know, once a week. No, I think I went twice a week, you know, training like the elderly and some of the employees there. And that was my journey for a long time. I've dived into anything from going into companies like training their employees, because you know it was a, an insurance thing to have health and wellness as a part of the packages. So I traveled, trained celebrities or whatever. I did the whole nine and it got to the point where I was like, okay, I have to figure out a next strategy because I'm gonna only be this young for so long. And I'm not going to be able to continue to train. But the good thing about it is I always had something else going on. For a long time, it was like my main thing that I was trying to push. But even with my journey trying to own a gym, because I, you know, I looked into that, but I ended up, you know, deviating from that because I actually got deployed with the military overseas. So I had to stop that whole process or whatever and never revisit it. But I was just ready to do something different. But I still wanted to stay in the health and fitness industry. So that's when I created my brand. So my brand is eight-figured. And my brand is, it sounds so cliche, but it is what it is. It's a representation of one's worth because me training all this time, I noticed a lot of people that really didn't love themselves or they had self-esteem issues. They come in and they want to just kind of transform and be somebody else. If it wasn't happening fast enough, they wanted to go out and do the quick fix and get the surgery or whatever, but they were still messed up in the head. You know, you still were not happy with who you are. You still were not accepting of what God created in you. So Mm -hmm. I wanted people to not only wear my clothes and and look good, but I wanted them to know that it meant something. And I wanted to just kind of coin that into what I've been doing for so many years. And that's kind of like my whole strategy.
1: That's amazing. Because it really is. Even if you look amazing on the outside, if you don't believe it, like, what's the point you have to have that self esteem and self worth. And sometimes we all need a little boost to help us get to that point. So the fact that you're not only taking the physical health of people, but also the mental health, that's it's so important. And I think anybody who works with fitness should really emphasize that as well.
0: Right. I think that's what kind of separated me. Most of my clients became my friends because we built a relationship. It was hard to just, you know, train them with the physical. But sometimes you had to figure out, like, what's going on with you? You had to, like, see if they really love themselves and if you're doing this for yourself or if there was another motive behind it. So it's serious. Mental health is a big deal. I'm not a doctor by any means or whatever, but I do take a lot of courses that deals with mental health. Mm -hmm. And I do try to like, you know, stay up on it. So when people come to me to help them, I'm able to help
1: them in more than one aspect. Good. That's, that's so admirable. You're all decked out in your eight figured clothing right now too. Yes. And I was like looking on your Instagram and I saw like, I really love the stuff you have so cute. So awesome. Thank
0: you so much.
1: Of course. Of course. So what were the steps to like bring this brand to fruition? How did you actually like make it a reality?
0: First, it was just a thought, and I was like, you know what? This is what I want to do. My boyfriend at the time, he had a clothing line, but it wasn't a fitness clothing line, and he kind of approached me and asked me to be the face of his line, and at the time, it wasn't what I wanted to do, so I kind of like, like, nah, but then years later, I wanted to kind of do my own things, And I actually create my own design. So the designs that you see are created by me. This, it's not like, you know, I have a, a person. Well, I do have a partner that assists me. We did graphic design together. I interned with him. So he taught me graphics or whatever. So that was kind of like a gift for me to be able to create some of my, my designs. Just having a conversation, you know. Like, this is what I want to do. I have the background to, you know, build websites and do things like that. So it's almost like believing that you can do it, talking to the right people, and just checking off the boxes. I'm almost shocked that this is happening, like that I have my own brand. I'm almost really, it's almost like, is this real? And you look back on it and no one has ever asked me that question. Like, what's the steps? Because you just kind of go through the motion And when you're a goal driven person, it's almost like whatever I need to do to get here, this is my end goal. What needs to happen in between to get me there? And you never know if it's gonna be a success or a fail, but you know, you go with it.
1: How rewarding is it when you see people in your clothes, whether it's like on Instagram, they like tag you, or even if it's in person, like (laughs) seeing people in your clothes, like what is that feeling like for you?
0: You know what? I got so excited because there was somebody in California that was online and they were wearing my stuff. And I'm like, how did you get my clothes? Like, where (laughs) are people from people? I expect to have people in like Atlanta, Mississippi or whatever to wear my clothes because they're here with me. But then when you get people that are like way away from you rocking your clothes, it's almost like, Oh, my God, it it humbles you. It makes you so grateful and appreciative. Like, oh, my God, this is really happening. People are wearing my, even me wearing my stuff. Sometimes I look in the mirror and I was like, I'm wearing my own stuff. Like, this is something
1: serious. This is my stuff, you
0: know? Right.
1: That's badass. Like, you did that. And it's really so cool because it's something that you created for yourself. It takes courage for anybody to do anything like that, because you really are taking a leap of faith. You know, you should have confidence in yourself, but you really do have to have that belief in yourself to be like, all right, I can do this and I can create something for me. It's paying off for you. It's incredible. And it's such an inspiration for anybody who wants to do something similar.
0: Right. You do. And there's a lot of speed bumps. So it wasn't by any means an easy road yeah. so much happened. You know, you have a deadline when you want to launch and then that doesn't happen and you have another launch date and you have another launch date. Mm-hmm. So it can throw you off. It can make you like want to give up because so much is thrown at you. It seemed like you do one good thing and then 10 negative things happen. And then the financial aspect of it, like, am I going to be able to do this? The good thing about it. I did a lot of the footwork on my own. So it wasn't like I needed to spend a lot, but you still have to market. And, you know, it, it, it becomes scary. But once you're in the groove and once you start seeing the light, it's like, you know, there's no turning back. Either.
1: Good. That's how it has to be. You know, you're the face of your brand. You have Eight Figured and you have the Blair Fitness. Like, it's all about you. And like, you look the part, like you live what you preach. But um, do you feel the pressure to keep it up somehow, whether it's physically or whether it's succeeding? Like, I mean, I would assume naturally you feel some pressure. So if you do, like, how do you handle that?
0: So right now for the physical side of the things, it's not a lot of pressure because I like, I I genuinely love working out. Yeah. Like every aspect of it. But as far as the success part is like now, especially people from my hometown that's rooting for me because it's so small. And you can imagine like when your mom, your your family and stuff, they're rooting for you and you're doing great things. Like You may have like a great accomplishment, but people are waiting for the next best thing. So they're waiting for, what would she do next? So it's almost like, am I going to be able to live up to the hype? Am I going to be able to live up to it? But what I decided to do, I just wake up every morning, I pray, I thank God. Whatever path you have for me, regardless if I become a multimillionaire or if I end up, you know, being like Nike and Lululemon, put me in nice. a place where I'm here that I'm I can at least help people. Mm-hmm. So regardless if I make it big, I already know what my plans are, and it's to help people. So that's a success in itself, because it's not about me. Yes, I'm the face of the brand, only because I don't have anybody else to do it. It probably probably won't be like this all the time. But when you start now, it's almost like you just gotta use the resources that you have. And I'm the resource at this time. And
1: it's not a bad thing. Like like I said, like you should be the face of the brand because you are living proof of your message and like what you want to help people with. So that's, that's how it should be. It's personal. It's good. And you are helping people. So I'm wondering, you have so much going on. You have your brand, you're working out constantly, you are (laughs) a sergeant. So like, what does a normal day look like for you?
0: It depends on the day. I had to learn how to prioritize and be intentional with things like self-care, personal life, you know, relationship-wise, because you can get so caught up in your career and your work that you lose sight of the things that's going to be most important. Because when you leave, all this stuff is gonna just be stuff, right? I had to get to a point where I had to purposely prioritize my life because it was starting to affect my relationships, my friendships. It was starting to affect my health or whatever because I was practicing telling people to do certain things but because I was in such grind mode, I was starting to lack sleep. So I had to slow down and regroup. But a normal day back then, it looked like getting up from the peak hours of the morning going hard nonstop until the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And the end of the day looked like to me 9, 10 o'clock and I still had to come home and do stuff. Yeah. But now a day looks like, hey, I might go to the spa and get a foot massage or you know what I'm saying? I make time to self-care. Mm-hmm. I make time to celebrate with my friends, with my family and things like that, just to kind of like slow down and, and just not do career stuff because you have to have that balance. You have
1: to. Oh, it's so important. And I feel like that's something I'm learning to handle now too, because when you're passionate about what you do in your career, it can get so easy to be wrapped up in it and to have it kind of consume you know, right. your life. But Like you were saying, it's not how it should be. It can't be like that because, you know, what if the career disappears one day? Because, you know, it can like things happen. Money goes away, whatever. You need to have relationships in your life and people in your life and a belief in yourself that to know like you're going to be okay no matter what. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. And I I mean, a lot of us, we wait till it's too late and then we look back and we have regrets. Mm. So I tried to get to the point where I didn't I wasn't. At a place where I look back and say, hey, I wish I could have did this, that, and the other. I do say that about certain things, but I'm still, like, not too far gone where I can enjoy life, where I can celebrate my friends, where I can celebrate myself or whatever. And I still have an appreciation for my career at the same time.
1: That's great. So I'm wondering, as you were saying before, like, there are speed bumps that happen along the way of creating your brand or whatever it is that people do. I'm wondering how you handle those little setbacks as a boss, as a CEO, like how do you go into a situation where things aren't going right and how do you handle it? You come up with a plan. You have to, because it's always going to be setbacks.
0: Yeah, you're human. And sometimes you might be like, okay, really? Like, is this really going to happen? Like what's next? But then in order to kind of move forward, it's almost like being resilient, getting up Really just pushing forward and not really being concerned with what has happened, but figuring out how you what you can do to fix it and make it better and prevent it from happening the next time. So it's all about your mindset. You Uh may have to deviate, come up with another plan. It may not happen right away, just accepting those things and not really just going off the rocker when things doesn't go your way because it's never gonna always go your way. And once you realize that, you'll be able to duck and dodge and and change plans and kind of like, sometimes it's it's best that something didn't work out because that's God's intention. That's not for you. You need to do it a different way. So just listening and praying as well. It's never easy. I get stressed out all the time. Mm -hmm. I get to the point where I just want to be like, you know what? But I never quit. You know, I just really just try to learn from it ask for help because that was one of my biggest things I I never liked to ask for help but now I have to know that I can't do everything by myself and sometimes people genuinely care and they will help you
1: yeah yeah I find that the majority of the time because that's something I struggle with too and I don't even know why the majority of people will respond to your call for help <laughs> when you go out
0: there you know uh, yeah most people will I mean I don't, I don't know. You're so nervous because you have so much, so many high expectations for people and you don't want them to let you down. Yeah, so you're yeah. kind of skeptical about asking. And then me, I just don't like asking people for stuff. You know what I mean? I don't mm-hmm. like, I feel like people have their own life and their own stuff going on and I don't want to put a burden on anybody. So I'm really careful with putting that type of pressure on somebody to help me or do something.
1: Yeah, I get it. But we have to be in it together too. I think. All right. So I just wanted to ask you, like, what is your workout schedule? Like, obviously, you're in great shape. Like, what do you do on a daily basis?
0: It depends. And it depends on where I am. Because when I'm doing military stuff, you know, we have like that military type training where we do a lot of running full of maybe crawling on the ground training for a combat situations. So mm-hmm. that's a workout in itself. Oh, so, yeah side of the house when i'm in the gym depending on what i like to do i'm a leg person so most of the week i'm probably working lower body (laughs) probably working my legs because i don't want my upper body to get too muscular i feel like it's at a place where you know i want to keep it so i'll do weights i hate running i hate it believe Mm -hmm. it or not i hate it i'm i'm really good at it but I just don't like to do it because my mental is telling me like, why am I doing this? Like, what am (laughs) I running all these miles for? I like what it does to my body, the inside and out is good for your heart. So I'm a competitor, I play sports. My workout and what it looks like is so broad. you know? It's so broad. I turn anything into a workout. Like I can be walking in the mall and I can see something and I'll just turn it into like let's do some squats, or let's hold this or whatever so right I just get very creative and, and just have fun with this it. so it just varies so I really don't have one particular thing that it looks like because with me it's just a variety
1: your friends are probably walking in the mall with you they're like oh my god I do not want to do a workout right now <laughs> like no, there she guys. goes
0: most of all my friends is what's funny is it's encouraging to them because they all they'll be somewhere eating something and then they'll look at me and i'm like why are you looking at me i'm not gonna say anything to you so if you don't ask i'm not gonna throw my two cents in i'm not gonna be like hey you shouldn't be eating that's not my business hey you've grown when you're ready to to make a change i'm here but most of my friends are um into working out I've gotten my family into working out. Most of my family, they're really big on working out. You know, I kind of encourage that and and push it on when we do challenges within the family. And a lot of them, that's their lifestyle now.
1: Good. Yeah. Once you get into it, it's hard to get out of. You never, ever regret a good workout. You know, it just, it, it does make you feel better every single day. So if you're looking at, and I know this is like a basic question, but if you're looking at the next five years and you had an ultimate goal of where you wanted to be, do you have a vision in mind? I do. So I definitely want my brand to be a household brand yes. and I definitely
0: want to be in multiple malls. I always use the Nikes because they're my competitors. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Nike, the Lululemon, the Adidas or whatever. I just really envision myself being right next to them actually next year I'm looking into being in a mall. So I'm going to start there. And I'm also about to launch a supplement line so I can get into that. So it's going to be like health and nutrition. The sky is the limit for what I am I plan on doing. Mm-hmm. So I definitely in five years, oh my god, because what I have planned for next year, I can just imagine what my five-year mark looked like. But I just... Really hopeful and pray that I'm a household brand. And it's natural to see people walking around with Nike, just all ages. You see young, old, men, women, whatever. Everybody rocks that. That's how I want to be. I want myself to be just like that. So hopefully it'll
1: start growing into that by the time I get to that five-year mark. Absolutely. I don't know if you're into this at all, but do you do any visualizations or like manifestation practices or oh, anything yeah, like I that? Yeah.
0: Law Of attraction, hands down. Like I mm-hmm. always listen to The Secret. You ever heard of The Secret? Oh, I love The Secret. Yeah. Yes. So I listen to The Secret at least two or three times a month, and that right there just basically gets my my endorphins up. So yeah. I do believe in law of attraction, manifestation, hands down. I can ride by a building and just envision like my name there. And I do that all the time. So I have to dream big and I sometimes just daydream and just envision what my life, I know I'm going to be successful in some shape, form, or fashion. I know I will be successful. I have so much support behind me and with my drive and what I'm doing, trying to help
1: people. I don't see anything else. Like that's how I have to think. That's my mindset. Yeah. That's how everybody has to think. And I think sometimes people confuse it with like, oh, if you think this is your dream life, you'll never have setbacks, anything like that. It's like, no, life happens. But at the yeah. same time, like you got to keep that goal in mind, no matter what is going on. And you got to keep so working much, towards it.
0: There's it. so much negative stuff that happens in the world that if you don't stay on that positive tip, you won't stay on your, 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 your path.
1: Yeah, obviously, like your success is showing for itself already. Like, you have created so much already, and uh, I know it'll just continue. Um, I can't
0: wait to show you the line. I'm going to have to send you some stuff. So, you're going to have
1: to watch. Oh, oh my God. I will. I'll wear it with pride for sure. So, what is it, if you could pin it down, what is it that drives you every day?
0: I don't share this with a lot of people, but I have health issues. Okay. And just knowing that. Probably my lifestyle and how I treat my body is a big reason that I'm doing as great as I am. Mm -hmm. In the family of of what I have is autoimmune issues that I have. You have to eat right. You have to make sure your kidneys are good. Your your functions are, are, are working properly. And I think every day because I get up, I work out. That has helped a whole lot. And because I love life so much is my motivating factor. That's my why. I always talk about what your why is. Even when I have consultations, I do six week challenges with my clients. We talk about your why. And your why is always something that's bigger than you. That's going to be the motivating factor to push you when you don't want to feel like getting up or when it's cold and you feel good in the bed or when you're with your husband and you're like, oh no, I don't want to get up and work out. I want to stay right here with you. You got to have that why. So my why is I want to be here. Like Mm -hmm. I want to continue to feel good despite what the doctors say is going on with me. I still want to feel good because so far I have no symptoms. I feel great. Even though your test may say, oh, this is going on. I feel amazing. I don't skip a beat. Nothing has stopped me, you know, and that is my motivating
1: factor to keep going every day. Well, I mean, that's amazing. And it's amazing you're doing so well. What you just said is what's going to help other people too, because everybody has their different why, no matter what it is. But there's something in them that's going to push them to be the best version that they can be and the happiest version that they can be. And if you know, you're know you getting up and you're doing it for yourself, but you're also doing it for other people. And that's right. just something that we should all be aiming to do and no matter what we do.
0: Absolutely. You're right, Kylie.
1: Well, Blair, thank you so much for your time today. It was so, so wonderful to sit down with you and just hear your perspective. And um, I'm just so excited to see what Eight Figure does and what you do. And it's just, um, I know it'll just be amazing.
0: Well, I hope you become a fan and I hope you follow me. And at yeah. some point we get to, to meet again and I would love to interview with you in the near future. So just kind of keep me in mind. And, thank you know, you. I don't know if you're on social media, but if you want to follow me, you probably seen my page is De Blair Fitness and my Facebook is Blair Choose Healthy. Websites and all that are on there. So
1: oh, I will follow you and everyone who listens. I hope they go follow you too. And what about Eight Figured? Where can people find where they can shop for that too?
0: So my website is www.eightfigured.com and
1: mm-hmm. my
0: Instagram is just at eight figured brand. So it's pretty simple. Any of my pages will link directly to everything. You okay. find me in one place, you can find everything in that, in that one spot.
1: That's all I got. So thank you so much again.
0: I appreciate you so much. This was so much fun. And it was so much hopefully, fun. Something I said inspired people. Hopefully they became a fan. I appreciate the support. I'm so humbled when when I have support from people. I have so many people that
1: actually want to see me win and I'm so happy and I want to let them down. So Oh, good. Well, you're not. You're doing your thing. And it's an inspiration to us all. All right. Well, you, of course, have a good rest of your night. And um, yeah, we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good night. Bye. You too.